Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hi there. You haven't had anyone pop into this feed for a while, have you? I'm Mia Friedman. I am one of the three co-hosts of Mamma Mia Out Loud. And we thought we'd pop in this very special edition of Mamma Mia Out Loud meets book club. It's a hybrid. We've gone rogue because Holly Wainwright has written her second book. Her first book, of course, was the best-selling The Mummy Bloggers. Her second book is called How to Be Perfect. It's about influencers. It's about wellness. It's smart. It's funny. Get it into your ears. And here's our conversation. Welcome, Holly. Well, thank you for having me, Mia and Jesse. Hello. I didn't know what I was meant to say because I didn't write the book. Okay. <laughs> so Jesse and I have both read the book and Holly wrote the book. So we are incredibly capable and well positioned to deliver you this special episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. Now, if you haven't read the first book, The Mummy Bloggers, can you please just paint us a little word picture, explain who the characters are and what, what broadly goes on in The Mummy Bloggers? So The Mummy Bloggers, I wrote that last year. It's pink, everybody. You might have seen it around. It's got an ice cream on the cover. It was about these three women who write online. And we've talked endlessly on this show about whether or not mummy bloggers in itself is a pretty derogatory term. And it kind of is. But I thought that it should be reclaimed by the ladies. Mm. And the three women who, the three characters in that book represented broadly the kind of tribes you find about parenting online. So there was the kind of abtastic Pinterest mum who's called Elle and she lived in a perfect glass mansion and she uh, dressed up her kids and posted pictures of their outfits every day. And then you had the crunchy mum, Abby, who lived in the country and quit sugar and was kind of trying to tap into this kind of big anti-vax natural parenting movement. And then you had uh, frazzled working mum, Liesl, who was blogging about how she felt she was failing all the time. And they kind of were characters that broadly represent the three types of women that you often see represented in in mummy blogs. And they all got nominated in the mummy bloggers for uh, an award, a mummy blogging award. And then hilarity ensued. Hilarity (laughs) Can I ask, with those three characters, because you can't help but... And it's the same with your second book. Try and work out who they're meant to be. In your mind, are they based on specific people or are they an amalgamation of a lot of different people? They're an amalgamation of a lot of different people. Okay. So they're not, I mean, that's what everybody asked me when I was doing interviews for the Mommy Bloggers last year. They'd say, who is it? Who is it? And none of them are exactly anybody, but they've all got bits and pieces from different women that we see because they're meant to kind of represent if you like the the lives that we're meant to live online and this book goes a little bit more into wellness blogging and that idea of if you only had the perfect smoothie every morning your life would be sorted out and again not specific people but amalgamations of lots of women who are working online like that. Was the idea to write a sequel something that came easily or did you think maybe I'll start again or did you just feel you weren't quite finished with those wonderful characters that you had in book one? It's funny because I think I feel like a bit of an idiot for saying this because I'm certainly not 
like I don't I, I even I can't even really call myself an author. I feel really funny calling Why myself an author. Why do you say you can't? Because you are, this is your second book. The first was a bestseller. I think that makes you an author. <laughs> Jess, what do you think? I think if you publish a book, you're an author. No. I think that's how it works. I think I have a bit of imposter syndrome in that space. Yeah, but I get that. <laughs> yeah, definitely because authors can be very serious, and and rightly so. But I always thought when I heard people talk about writing books and spending time with their characters and then they'd say afterwards, oh, I couldn't get them out of my head or whatever, that they were weird or silly or, you know, just saying that. But I really missed the characters when I finished The Mummy Bloggers. I, they were all very real to me. In fact, I knew the characters way before I knew the plot because I could almost see them and I just know the, that world so well. And so I actually really missed them and a lot of people... L, who is the kind of villain, if you like, of the mm. of the first book, so many people would come up to me and say, "I hate that woman," but they all wanted to know what she did next, and it was mm. ambiguous what happened to L at the end of the first one. So, I thought that we should find out. The way the characters are described in that first book, Elle Campbell is an abtastic Pinterest mum who hatches a diabolical plan to boost her following. Abby Black has quit sugar, moved her blended family to the country and is trying to build an empire based on a bogus anti-vaccination agenda. And Liesl Adams is a frazzled working mum with a stalker problem. And as you said, the sequel, How to Be Perfect, now you don't have to have read the first book to appreciate the second. They're both very self-contained. But as you said, it shifts the focus to this world of wellness and also this world of influencers. So for people who aren't familiar with what an influencer is and the world of wellness, can you just describe those two sort of big phenomenons, I guess. Yeah. So I guess we live in influencer culture now. So just this week, for example, Kylie Jenner, who isn't only an influencer, but pretty much it is her main job, um, posed in an Australian designer's dress. And that Australian designer said that that advertising was worth about $4 million. They would have cost her about $4 million. Because of the number of followers that Kylie has, the way other media picks it up and the way she can amplify any branding message, Yes. So at its purest form, an influencer or in their purest form an influencer is somebody online who has a lot of following and therefore a lot of influence now that is now a business model for a lot of people how do people make money out of being an influencer so brands pay them to promote their products is the most basic way of doing it obviously the very savvy ones then develop their own products and sell those and again Kylie Jenner is a good example of that and Tammy Hembrow Hembrow who we were talking about a few episodes ago Ashley Bynes Kayla Itzness I never know if I'm saying that right Constance Hall. Constance Hall. So Constance um, sells a range of mum tum skirts and pants, and pants and books, of course. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of very savvy influencers realise that they've got this influence, and they could other brands could pay them, or they could make their own product. And it's and it's very helpful. The thing is, is you know, in How to Be Perfect, we kind of take the Mickey out of that um, world a lot, and we often talk about this, but it's an amazingly helpful way for lady startups to get a leg up, right, Mm. is that the kind of advertising that you can get for free in inverted commas on Instagram is would have once cost you an enormous amount of money to have a marketing plan Mm. like that. But if you get your products in the hands of the right people, it can amplify and amplify and amplify. Now, 
what's happening in the second book is that Elle has turned herself into a bit of a wellness goddess, her, her new incarnation. And she's selling, among other things, those kind of powders that you sprinkle in your smoothie in the morning. And she's selling some um, fitness wear and fake tan and even a hairpiece that you can put on to swing around like hers. And obviously the inspiration from that is drawn from a lot of real life Australian influencers who do do exactly that. But in Elle's world, it goes particularly batshit. You know, of course, there's a number of Australian influencers I think of throughout the book. But you know who else I think she is? Is I think she's Gwyneth Paltrow. I Mm. think she's good. I think one of my favourite parts of this book of the plot is the wellness retreat that they go on. I just think it was so believable. I could see it in my head. Mm. You could see the the genius behind um, Elle's ambition, but there was something so Gwyneth about it, which was like, I have no particular qualifications in this, but I look really good. And, you know, if you just drank more water, then you'd be beautiful like me. And and bought all my products. Always be calm. And yes, my, there was a quote in, uh, you know, a few weeks ago on Out Loud, you guys spoke about the Gwyneth Paltrow profile that was in the New York Times. And there was this quote in it that said, when Gwyneth Paltrow said aspirational, she wasn't kidding. Her business depended on no one ever being able to be her, though I guess it also depended on their ability to think they might. And that's L. That's L. No one can ever get anywhere near her because she's not even her because it's completely fake. And that's what I wanted to explore in both the books is that, I mean, I am in no way a a hardline critic of this world. Like I think that mummy bloggers in particular um, have been a lifeline to isolated mothers who for a long time didn't have that outlet and that place and a community that they could reach out to so easily and I think that obviously there's a lot of good about preaching a message of looking after yourself generally speaking on the internet but the idea and there's a character in How to Be Perfect who's a new mum who's really struggling she's called Frances and she's really struggling with what has happened to her life since she had a baby which is something that is so Mm. familiar to women Mm. you know her body she suddenly doesn't know it anymore it seems like this kind of angry stranger her relationship isn't the same nothing's the same and she becomes obsessed with Elle's um, wellness retreat and having to get there to sort her life out and I think that that's the tricky bit that's Mm. the vulnerability piece because no nobody is Elle including Elle and also that isn't going to be the answer not that that's a spoiler but that's not good it's not never going to be the answer to any of our issues is it really is if we just drank some more green smoothies and we can be as analytical or as cynical as we like but it is very difficult in 2018 not to buy into the idea that if you did drink that green smoothie then maybe you wouldn't have period pain and if you did just sprinkle something on your what do healthy people eat? Oats? Do they eat oats? Or in their acai bowl? Yeah, acai, acai bowl. bowl. If I just did that, then I wouldn't ever be in a bad mood and I would never feel tired. I've heard people say that when you cut out carbs, you wake up in the morning and you don't feel sluggish. And you hear those things and, and you think, oh, that could be so easy. Like, I get very hangry if I don't have <laughs> carbs yeah. for more than an hour in a row. So don't try to take my carbs away. Hole, what I really loved about the first book is that you show in a really smart, funny, satirical way, but that also packs a punch, the spectrum of what it means to be a mummy blogger and what it can mean to be a, a mother who writes about her life online or portrays her life online. And as most things, it's not all good and it's not all mm. bad. And there are aspects of that that have been hugely helpful. And then there are the the women who sort of just make you feel worse about yourself because you always feel so inadequate. And they're usually the ones who aren't being particularly honest. And in How to Be Perfect, 
you've done the same thing. You've really taken that spectrum of what it means to be an influencer. And if we can take Constance Hall as an example, what it means to be an influencer, it doesn't just mean they're all vacuous, pouty, bum, selfie-taking airheads. So I really liked that you showed firstly the issue of mummy bloggers and now with this new book, The Issue of Influencers, as a whole spectrum of you know, in in that sort of 360 degree view of the all other thing ways. I've never seen done before. There were two things in this book that I've never seen done before. The first was um, having the contrast of the influenced and the influencer. So it was pervy to get a look into Elle's life, but then it was also this. I don't know a lot of women like Frankie, but I know they exist. So. I, my sister and I kept looking at each other going, are there really women who are this vulnerable? And I know Claire asked you this and you said, yeah. And it's because our friends haven't had babies yes, yet. Exactly. So we haven't seen that life stage because we're looking at her going, she's smart, she has this great husband, she's got a newborn baby, why does she give a shit that her tummy's a bit flabby? And mm. so there was a lot of insight Because everything and in compassion. society tells us that that's how we should define and, ourselves. And also I think you, your flabby tummy becomes a kind of symbol of the fact that everything in your life is now a bit flabby. So, you know... It's out for, of control. Exactly, it's out of control. And for Frankie, you know, her beautiful baby doesn't sleep like he's supposed to sleep. He cries, he's got colic, you know, and she's like, that must be my fault. It must be something I'm eating. It must be something I'm doing. Why? Maybe if I cut out this and I cut out that and I do this, and I do that and she's got this WhatsApp mother's group which is very something that all all mothers have these days which again can be an enormous um, solace to be able to share things at two in the morning but sometimes is more pressure too and so I think that that's there's nothing um, foolish about that I think it's very human Mm. is that it's a time in your life where everything gets turned on its head and so when you see this beautiful um, woman nursing her baby and she's in white yoga pants and she's in Byron Bay and everything looks perfect and the sunrise and she's saluting the sun and you're like, oh, you know, I could get there. I could get that. That could be me. I think that's very normal. I'm really susceptible to that stuff often and I know so much better. But every Monday morning I'm like, I'm paleo this week. (laughs) I'm totally paleo. I follow Pete Evans' wife religiously and everything that she posts, every food, every breakfast, every sunrise, I'm like, yes, I'm totally going to do that. Interesting. <laughs> Isn't it interesting <laughs> though? fall off a cliff. Because it is, it is private. It is something women keep private. Is this, obs- like people don't know that about me, that I can't keep my eyes off influencers. I don't follow them, but I stalk them because I'm so mm. fascinated mm. by their lives and how they appear. And I know intellectually that that's not true, but I also can't look away and it's not something we talk about. We don't I I don't talk sit around with my girlfriends and talk about how shitty I feel or how I wish I was more like this or more like that. It's interesting because it's the new celebrity, right, really. Very much so. You might have once, 10 years ago, you might have felt similarly guilty, in inverted commas, for reading trashy magazines, in inverted commas. Or fashion magazines. But I don't know if the trashy magazines... Did we feel rubbish because we didn't look like Jennifer Aniston? You Maybe did when you, did. yeah, you, not so much the trashy ones, but but the glossy ones. Mm. Like you flicked through, and I was a massive magazine um, fan, but I had a love hate relationship with them because I'd flick through and I'd feel terrible about myself at the end of them, and I tried to change that as much as I could when I was a, an editor myself. But you know, I didn't succeed because it was still full of imagery of women that. No one looks like that. And and that's where I've I've been really careful about who mm. I have in my Instagram feed because 
it can. It, and I always say, if if your Instagram feed makes you feel bad about yourself, change who you follow. Mm. It's not Instagram's fault. It's the fault of the people that you follow. But, you know, I think that the influencers are more dangerous in a lot of ways because they pose as the girl next door and because part of me believes that there is something real about them and they invite you into their kitchens and you get to see what they eat in a day, which is probably not true. They're probably not showing you everything they eat in a day. But that didn't used to happen in the magazines with Jennifer Aniston. It, it wasn't as – it might tell you, but you didn't actually see it and you didn't see oh, but her you'd working read it. out. Like I interviewed a number, enough supermodels and celebrities where it was like – and what's your beauty routine and what do you but eat every day? But this is actually day? visual. I go onto Instagram and whether it's it's anyone who is into fitness or telling me what to eat or whatever and you're seeing it and then you're seeing their mm. bodies and in a lot of ways wellness has hijacked that sort of local yeah. celebrity and I think it's done it for a number of reasons. The first is that women's health historically hasn't been taken seriously and I wonder if that's it. But is it health or is it just looking hot, dressed up as health? No, it's not, but that is the gap that it's aiming to fill. So if we talk about women's health, I think that for a long time there have been women living with particular conditions that have been ignored by the traditional medical establishment or dismissed. Women have gone to doctors and said, I feel tired, I have period pain, I feel bloated, I feel like shit. And they've been ignored for so long that I wonder if that's what these wellness bloggers have come in, whether it's even the Pete Evans who just says, donate this and it might work. At least they're acknowledging that you feel like shit. We all feel a little bit like shit right? yeah. at the end of the day. And that's, I think, the, the thing about that is that if you just don't eat this or you sprinkle this thing on or you do this move or whatever, you will feel better. You will be a better self. And this is why, I mean, it's just such a tantalising world to set the but, story But there's in. two different things. There's feeling shit because you've got physical symptoms and there's feeling shit because you don't feel like you can compare, your, you compare yourself to these mm. skinny people and these post-baby bodies on Instagram and these influencers and you think, oh, well, I can never look like that. And it's true, you can't because they probably don't either. I was thinking during this book, Holly, that there used to be this space for religion, for people to believe in and worship yeah. and like um, pray and be alone with their thoughts. And that's not there so much anymore. That's really shifted. And this is a new religion. Like wellness and health and spirituality has replaced all of our traditional associations mm. with, with if religion. If you look hot while you're doing it. Oh, Especially. it's worshipping yourself. And also, exactly, and that's the point that it must be made is that it is exceptionally self-absorbed, this behaviour. Like, I think not that there's anything wrong at all with prioritising yourself and looking after your health, and especially as women and especially Absolutely. as mothers and all those things, you've got to do that in order to get to look after everyone else. But there is something incredibly self-absorbed and, about obses- and privileged about obsessing about every little thing that you eat and whether or not that thing and that thing and I need to do this for an hour in the morning and all of those things. And you need 17 ingredients for your smoothie yes. that's going to cost you $400. Exactly. And as Frances in the book, um, in, in the novel, she goes through that. Is that she's basically bankrupting herself. It's like she has a, a guilty drug habit, but her yeah. guilty drug habit is actually buying supplements from the internet. <laughs> So if you're wondering what How To Be Perfect is about, you've heard us talk about the whole influencer aspect, but many of your favourite characters from the first book are back. Elle Campbell ended the mummy bloggers striding over Sydney's Piermont Bridge, promising to disappear, but she is back in How To Be Perfect. She's resurrected as a wellness guru living in the hinterland of Byron Bay with a new man 
He's so dodgy. And a new baby. And Abby, my favourite character, is also back with a number of new problems. I love Abby so much. Her teenage daughter is now a YouTuber with a nude scandal on her hands and her ex-husband is starting a financial cult from her garden shed. And she's got about 800 children living in her house. She's heaven. And then, as you said, um, Liesl from the first book is off on a trip around Australia, so she's not in this one. But uh, Frankie is a new character. She's just had a baby. She's kind of all of us. And she's the one who's struggling with a new life and a new sense of self. This book is for millennials. It's for mothers. It's for anyone who needs um, a page turner, some smart, funny escapism. It's kind of like... You know, the Bronte sisters used to write about um, modern kind of issues in a really accessible way. And to me, that's what you do. You take these things that are so much have become baked into our culture, these phenomenons like mummy blogging and, and influences and wellness, and you, you sew this banging plot around them. And it's just a delight to read. It's fantastic. And I read it while I was away and would go to dinner with my sister and bring it. I couldn't speak to her over dinner because I just couldn't stop. You know those books that are are so suspenseful that you can't put them down because you're thinking about it and your mind's going, but what happens next? And then it's like, no, it's just better if I keep reading it. So I read it in like less than 24 hours. It was ridiculous. And it was the same with the first. So it's such a page turner. It's so brilliant. And you'll be thinking about it for for weeks and weeks afterwards. How to Be Perfect, the second book by best-selling author and Mamma Mia co-host, out loud, general, all-round legend Holly Wainwright is available now. Where can people get it, Holly? You can get it in all good bookshops. You can get it at Booktopia and you'll be able to get it in Mamma Mia's iBooks room, which is at apple.co forward slash Mamma Mia. I got it right. Yay. Thank you so much, ladies. Oh, look, I'm jumping into hosting. <laughs> will there be a Will there be a link in the show notes for people to just click and buy it? There will be a link okay. in the show notes for yes. click and buy, and um, I hope you all enjoy it. Brilliant. Tell me if you do. <laughs> <laughs>